racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Well, you know the podcasts are going to be big when uh, my man Smithy's on them. Uh, massive, massive addition this one as we count down to the three Group 1s at the Meadows on Saturday night. The Zoom Top, the Rookie Rebel and the Tem Lee, which could be one of the all-time great Tem Lees. It sure does shape up that way on paper. Wonderful night of racing ahead. We're going to preview that. We're going to catch up with, I don't know how this will work on this podcast, but another podcast host. Um, from a Greyhound Racing show. It's Dimity Ma from the Greyhound Girl. She's going to catch up with us a little bit later on in this podcast and chat everything about all of those New South Wales visitors uh, in the feature races, which is going to be intriguing because uh, there are a, a few down here and a few that look genuine chances as I welcome in uh, my main man, Schmiffy Dog Dog Dog. Uh, how are you, mate? Going well, Jim. Going well. It's obviously a very, very exciting week to be out here at the Meadows. Uh, everyone's getting nice and excited. And as you said, that Temley field is insane. It's got the first four yeah. place getters uh, from the from the Phoenix. It, I might be a little bit biased, but it was one of the best races I've ever seen. So to uh, to get a, a second crack at that, I'm very excited. Couldn't agree any more with you, Smithy. But um, there is a little bit of an issue um, in the lead up to the feature racing this week, and. My spies at the Meadows were out and about today uh, throughout the early part of uh, Wednesday afternoon and I had a few text messages come through saying, um, what the hell is Smithy wearing today? <laughs> oh, come on. It's not that bad. It's, uh, it's summertime, so I've got the pins out. But no, not trying to match the socks up at all, to be honest. It was just uh, the socks that were at the top of the drawer, so I chucked them on and um, yeah, away we went. I might almost make the album cover for this week, the photo that I got of your outfit. That, that, that That's not even a joke. That's how good it is. Uh, but no, Smithy, moving on, mate. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this. And looking from the outside in at the moment, you'd, you'd have to say this would be as good a night of Greyhound Racing when it comes to the depth of the Group 1s, in particular that Tim Lee. I, I know it's always the best of the best when it comes to races because it is effectively handpicked field, but... This one, to have Kelsey Bale, Wow, She's Fast, Amron Boy, She's a Pearl, McInerney, Mobile Legend, Fernando McBaby, JC. I think it's an extraordinary field. Yeah, it's an absolute cracker. It doesn't get much better than that. As you said, it's hand-picked. So the Tem Lee and the Top Gun, obviously being hand-picked, they're always absolute crackers, but you don't always get to pick all of the best dogs. And I think uh, pretty much we've, we've got all bases covered with the best dogs in form at the moment. So... It's uh, it's very exciting, and as a greyhound fan, it's uh, it's it's just about Christmas. Run of the week. Probably a good segue. That uh, speaking of Christmas, if you back the winner of this race last week, all your Christmases come at once. Have a listen to this for a roughie getting home at the Meadows uh, last Saturday night. One night he's set to go. Green light, ready. Racing, responded down on the inside, jumped away, well away, fast there, Hanel Bale at the centre, and Fabs Vegetable getting up on the inside, deep out of Strassel Bale as they go to the first turn, well back on the inside, responder, third last going to the back straight where Fabs Vegetable, the leader, going around the outside as Blue Demon, followed for the back by Hanel Bale, then planned ahead, further back would have been Strassel Bale, and then came responder, third last, great guy in Corby Marley, coming off the back straight, and Fabs Vegetable, the leader, a length and a half clear of Blue Demon, they turn, Fabs Vegetable nicely out in front, and Fabs Vegetable beat Blue Demon, so the vegetable wins there, Smithy, at about, uh, I think it was about 60 to 1 at the jump. Uh, I love a, a good underdog, a good upset victory, and they probably don't come much bigger than that. Yeah, exactly right. And I will uh, throw someone under the 
bus. I won't name names, but someone had the quaddy going into the last leg. The dividend was paying nicely after leg three. Of course, Fab's Vegetable ends up winning leg four, and that person had Fab's Vegetable in there and cashed out and cost themselves about oh. eight grand on course on Saturday night. So uh, very unfortunate with that. But still a nice collection. Mm, it's a bad story. Hey, do you have any idea who sent me through the photo? Who, who was the spy at the Meadows today that sent through the photo of your outfit to me? Uh, I've got two names at the top of my head. I reckon one of them is my former hair sponsor, uh, Golf Cuts. Incorrect. It's like a quiz now. No, no. Think bird's eye view. It was, a, it was a view from above looking down upon you. Chris Chilcott? No, it was the race caller, Dan Hibbard. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Really? He's throwing me under the bus. And he's on my Jeez. side now, I can tell you that. He's on my side, uh, no doubt about that. <laughs> well, we just stick together, don't you? Oh, we do. Saturday's right, preview. Let's go on to Saturday night's preview. I'm talking over my own stingers now. That's how well I'm going. Uh, we're going to take a look at the, the whole program. 11 races on the car, but really hone in on those three big ones. We'll start with race one, and this is the Sports Bet Bet with Mates final, grade five final, along with the one wartime novelty at an each way price. But there's a bit of depth in the race, but a lot of the class is drawn out wide. My theory was they're going to need luck, and I can just see the red poking through as an each way chance. Yeah, you're right. The class is out wide, and the classiest of them all, in my opinion, is the seven who told Shorty will require luck from out there, but he's the best dog in the Race number two, small field. I know you're a Jackpot Joan fan. I'm, I'm probably going to go with her because I think she will look the winner at some point in this race. But I, I also like Wheel and Go, who I think might be able to miss the kick and then just tuck in maybe fourth on the rail and, and make a bit of a run at them from there. And uh, you might see as well Wheel and Go's first reserve in the Rookie Rebels. So you'd expect based on that Wheel and Go's a big chance. But I'll go with Jackpot Joan. Yeah, I actually haven't looked at the prices yet, but... Uh I'm with Golden Quest. I think we'll be getting a decent price, probably around that $4 mark, and I think she leads. Race number three, uh, first preliminary of the Australian Cup. We will chat a little bit about that, actually, Smithy. The way the Australian Cup works, you've got pretty much your automatic qualifiers, and then the rest have to fight a way in through the preliminaries. Is that the way to, to probably the best describe it? Yeah, exactly. The top 56 greyhounds get pulled out, and they don't have to race this weekend, obviously, unless they're in the Temley or or the Rookie Rebel, and uh, the rest of them have to battle it out in the prelims, essentially turning it into a three-week series. Okay, race number four on the program. Did we get a, we didn't get a winner from race three. I just jumped ahead. I often do that. Uh, Jolly at Bale on with number two, the likely leader in that third race. Uh, it's a really, really tough race, this one. I'm going to go with Moth Rocks, who's been pretty impressive from the outside draws last couple, uh, but we'll need some luck from out there. Okay, race number four, we can finally get there. I'm with Amlin Emperor. Um, you, you probably wouldn't take him on form, but I think he the fact they're going for this race in particular, a prelim of the Oz Cup with the form the way it is, um, and there is some whispers he has been doing a few things right. So I'm, I'm willing to take a little bit of a gamble here on race four, number one, Amlin Emperor. Yeah, I've got a big opinion of Amlin Emperor. Um, I just want to see him do it, though, here at the Meadows. Uh, hasn't had a start over this track and distance. Just want to see him do it here. So I'm leaning towards Captain Larry, who sizzled a few starts ago, went 29.80 and 5.05 early. If he repeats that, he will be winning this one. Race five, I'm with Hara's skipper. Um, I think he's going to become a star stayer, but why not have a crack at an Oz Cup on the way through? Yeah, exactly right. It's probably one of the biggest runs uh, I've ever seen in defeat last week. He, he ran third. Um, yeah, he's got a massive, massive motor, but he's going to need luck. And if he gets buried on that rail, it'll be tough for him. But uh, he's definitely the on-top selection. 
Race six, first of the Group 1 features. The Sportsbet Zoom top the market with Sportsbet. Corborn Magic 280. It's the fave in box one. Moraine Susie, the Top Gun Stayers winner, 420. Zarbel, pride of WA at the moment, $10. I've just hit zoom on my mouse and zoomed everything to the point that I can barely read it. Ariane Bale, number four, is at $10. Quarter, 15 Stagger Atlee, 14 Mapunga Ruby, who's back to her best. She's at four sixty. And Aritza Piper, $9. Reserves Golden Quest, seven fifty. Superman keeping at 13 I'm tipping Corborn Magic. Um, I just like what this dog can do. You know he's going to be really strong. And to be honest, I think this is a race that, that lacks early speed. So... From box one, I wouldn't be surprised to see this Sydney sider sitting second, third or fourth, and from there he's going to be really, really hard to contain. Yeah, this is a really hard one to speed map. I've got Mpunga Ruby as the only greyhound kind of that's going to be naturally forward. So mm. uh, if she can get across from box seven, I think she's got it easy. And you don't see too many dogs run past Mpunga Ruby. She's high in confidence. She won that race up at Albion Park last week. And uh, her, Meadows, her Meadows record is absolutely superb. She's had nine starts with five wins in a couple of seconds. So I think if she can get out and uh, and lead, she's a, she's a big, big show. But uh, also... You've also got to consider Corbin Magic from the inside, and Moraine Susie was awesome in the Top Gun, and uh, I've thrown in Ritza Piper as well as a bit of a wild card uh, from the mm. outside draw. I have too. I've gone one seven two eight uh, three, my next best, but I wouldn't be surprised if Zarbel got a clean run um, to see Zarbel win. Over then to race seven, another prelim of the Oz Cup. I'm going with Aston Lyra on top here. I think Vicky Wisner could be in for a good night, uh, showing terrific speed on the provincials. This chaser. Yeah, this is a really tough one as well. Um, I've landed on Quick Smart. If he gets back to his best, we saw him early in his career at Sandown, just an absolute rocket from the outside draws. Uh, so if he if he can go back to that and he can show that at the Meadows, he's gone twenty nine seventy six here. If he repeats that, he'll uh, be very very hard to beat. But I just want to see him do it before I'm. Uh, Calling him moral by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. Sports bet rookie rebel up next race number eight at three past nine. The intrigue around this race is extraordinary. Uh, we'll go through the market first. French Martini, 380. It's the favourite, the Sydney Cider in box one. They've drawn well, these Sydney Ciders. Aston Velvet, 420. Jarek Bale, the old warhorse at $4.50. El Dorado, 950. Amplified, 15. Black Sale, $15 in from 21. Uh, Dookie Devil at $5.50. And Punter's Bandit, $8.50. Reserves, wheel and go. Great guy. I'm going to hand it to you, Smithy, but before we get into selections, mate, French Martini, what do you, what do you make of her drawn box number one? The step up to 600, she she could do something pretty special because she's capable of doing it. Box one probably hasn't been her go over the 500, but 600 with a little bit less speed in the race is a completely different ball game for her. Yeah, exactly right. I'm, I'm kind of mapping her. Uh, her and Aston Velvet is too two leaders in this race. One of them will get the lead, and whoever gets that lead, I think, will be really, really hard to beat. Aston Velvet, of course, Hume Cup champ. Uh, French Martini had her first crack at 600 at Gosford on the weekend and went within a couple of lengths of the track record, just highballing out in front. So if she can find the front, she's going to be awfully hard to catch. So I've actually got French Martini on top. A little bit of a question mark, obviously, uh, with her Victorian form. But if she brings her New South Wales form, and it's a big if, I think she she's definitely got the talent to be winning a race like this, particularly if she can draw, uh, if she can hold the lead. There's always a bit of chat around these types of races, Smithy, and um, there was a few people saying that maybe French Martini doesn't deserve a start in the race, but when you look at the market, she's now the $3.80 favourite, so effectively you'd be mad leaving her out, wouldn't you, really? 
and and I completely understand why people are saying that as well. She obviously hasn't stepped up over 600. We haven't seen that. We're kind of being a bit speculative. It's, it is a speculative decision in a lot of ways, but her form um, probably were, would have warranted her to go into the 10 league. She's uh, she's probably in the 10 best greyhounds in Australia, and um, when uh, Peter Lagogiani put her in his first preference over the rookie rebel, he, he did that with a bit of risk, but um, she's landed in the field. She's landed box one. And as you said, she's uh, come up short in the market, so she's plenty talented. I'm with the four Eldorado. I think I think he's the smoky up to 600. You just have to forgive that run last start. No luck at all. I, I like him, Aston Velvet and French Martini. I, I'd be surprised if the winner does not come from that trio. So the one, the two and the four. But it's going to be a cracker. Race number nine, back to another prelim of the Oz Cup. I'm with Astra Bale, hopefully to lead all of the way. But I've got a little question mark. Asterix on number six, Fred Rose, in the race, who could run a big race here. Yeah, I really like Fred Rose. He's a, I've got a big soft spot for him, but I'm with Astra Bale as well. I think she uh, will lead all of the way and, uh, and take out this preliminary. Over then to the big one. Race number 10, 943, Group 1. It is the Sports Bet Tem Lee of 2023. And we're going to go through these runner by runner for the big Group 1. Starting with number 1, Kelsey Bale. $4.60 for the win with sportsbet.com.au. And she has drawn exactly where she needs to be. Yeah, no, she's drawn exactly where she needs to be. She loves the Meadows. Her run in the Silver Bullet. Go back and watch that if you haven't seen it because that was ridiculous. She chased down Amron Boy, which... They just do not do that. That mm. is uh, as good as it gets. So she loves the meadow. She's drawn well. She's a big chance. Well, she's fast. Uh, never, ever, 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 ever do you discount a champion. Um, we saw that in the Phoenix. You just can't put a line through her, no matter what. She may have been a bit plain last start, but you just forgive that because she loves the meadows. She loves the the big race, the big moments, and, and she'll be hard to beat. Yeah, exactly. She's an absolute superstar. She's the first dog to break two million for a reason. She's multiple Group One winner. She is an absolute superstar. She just seems to uh, perform well when she comes to the Meadows. So she does just about everywhere. Three dollars sixty is the uh, the joint favourite. Uh, wow, she's fast for the Tim Lee with number three Amron Boy, who's also at three sixty. I'm sort of leaning to Amron Boy, but it's just forgiving what he did in Sydney because he wasn't impressive at all in his last couple of runs in New South Wales, but. The fact that he's obviously pressed onto this race, back to the Meadows where he flies. Have you got any more that you can add to that, Smithy? Is he, do you know if he's trialled well at the Meadows in the lead-up or is there is there anything that you can give me just to, to add that confidence that I guess he's back to, to what he was doing maybe two months ago, even six weeks ago? I, I don't know exactly what he's trialled or anything like that, but he always trials fast. He's a dog that's gone 29.45 twice through mm. the silver chief. And then one of again one of the biggest runs I've seen in the Phoenix where he was just pipped. I've got him on top in this one. He just looks like he's about to take Greyhound Racing on the scrap of the neck. I reckon. I love She's a Pearl drawn box number four four dollars fifty. And the reason I say that Corey is I had a few text messages after that uh, controversial call where I said, "Wow, she's fast is better than She's a Pearl." But on on a serious note, they're just they're just two wonderful Greyhounds, She's a Pearl and, and Wow, she's fast. And this is a superstar. She does everything right. Um, I don't really know how to knock her. She's five dollars into four fifty. Box draws a challenge, but she's often been one that that can just lid ping from these awkward draws, and and then the draw sort of goes out of contention, out of calculation. So even though she's drawn four, she's got McInerney in five, who's not going to bother her early, and and Amron Boy is going to look for the rail. So it might not be the worst draw for She's a Pearl. 
I actually think it's the perfect draw. Obviously, mm-hmm. Amron Boy is going to look for the rail and, and McInerney is going to give her room. I don't think she's going to get bothered in the early stages. I don't know if there's any markets up of who's going to lead, but I think she'll be the leader. Obviously, there's a bit of pace out wide, but they'll be staying out wide and she's going to be untouched for that first probably 7,500, maybe even 250 metres of the race. They're going to have to run past her and she's strong. With, we've seen her performances up in Sydney. We saw her in the Phoenix. She's a massive, massive show in this one. McInerney, five, $51 into 31, so there is money there. And, and as I've said so many times, I, I've sort of, uh, not that we've, we've said he's not up to it, but he he's sort of gone to that next level, I think, in the last couple of months after that million-dollar chase win. I thought his run in the Phoenix was outstanding. So here at the Meadows, obviously he needs luck from the draw, but he's, he's not out of this, McInerney. No, no, it's not at all. He's... He's a greyhound that just seems to turn up on the big nights. Brendan Purcell always has him cherry ripe. He just runs big races at big times. He always just seems to, uh, to I don't want to say plot along, but he just seems to just kind of get around and, and then you pop up and you go, oh, McInerney's run a nice nice race again. And he just does it time in, time out. He's just the ultimate professional, even if he does have a few quirks like staying up the truck a fair bit. Mobile legend number six. I love the fact he's got to go in the race. Uh, got to start mobile legend because he's won the last two provincial country cups. Five hundred won't be a problem. The draw is tough for him, hence he's sixteen dollars. But that that sprinting form has to put him in good stead in a race like this. He, he's a big chance of. Was it uh, in the Oz Cup years ago? Luke and Avelk, a greyhound like that, who could just lead all of the way. I, I think mobile legend can do that. It's probably just a bit stiff for Mobile Legend that this is the Tim Lee field because it's such a hard field to beat. Yeah, it's not even so much the field for me. It's just the draw. The draw is just really sticky, obviously. McInerney on his inside. If he can highball it out, though, and get in front of McInerney, he's going to get a nice little run into the race. So as long as he doesn't get posted wide um, via McInerney and he can get round him, he's going to be in it right up to his ears because he's a super talented dog. And we've seen that through the month of January where he's won two country cups. Fernando Mick, uh, you can't put a line through him because uh, his run in the Melbourne Cup was enormous, but I thought he was disappointing down in Tassie at Launceston last time. I thought it was a race that he, he should have won. Um, he didn't, but Dave Gill's a big race trainer and he'll have him cherry right for this. He's $13 with Sportsbet. Yeah, he's probably a little bit like McInerney in that they have their quirks. They use a fair bit of the track, but when Fernando Mick's breaking five seconds to the mark in a Melbourne Cup and running an enormous race, um, it just keeps going... Great guns. He's had 98 starts. The Tim Lee will be his 99th start. He's won over 500000 in prize money. He's a Group 1 winner. Uh, as you said, David Gill, big race trainer as well. So uh, it's hard to discount him. And every time someone does knock him, he seems to just show up and uh, and put in a big performance. Baby JC won the, the Oaks with a dead heat uh, with spaghetti legs at Ballarat through the week. Um, the draw, again, makes it so hard for her because... She's an out-and-out front runner. She does want to get across to the rail, so box eight's going to be a really big challenge, and she's marked at 16s, which I'd almost say is unders, not based on her ability, but just based on the draw. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, obviously. As her name suggests, she is the, the baby of the field. She's uh, coming through kind of bitches-only racing. She steps up to the big time here, which if she was drawn down the inside and had a little bit of room early, she's run a 5.04 a couple of mm. starts ago here. So she's got plenty of early speed. She would have been up to it in her ear, up to her ears in it. But uh, with McInerney and Fernando Mick likely to keep her wide, I think she's going to really struggle to get across. But if she does nail that start, then I think she can find the front and give him something to chase. That's the Tim Lee. Uh, suggestions now for who's going to win the race. I, I just sensed there was a little bit of an inkling that you were leaning to She's Appeal to run a big one. 
I'm, I've still got Amron Boy on top. I've, I've got Amron Boy. We are she's fast. She's a pearl, and Kelsey Bale oh. is my four selections. Uh, I've got Kelsey Bale just running a big race just due to the map. I think the map's pretty sticky for a lot of them. Um, she's a pearl, as I said, is drawn perfectly. But Amron Boy, I just think uh, I think it's his time. I think he, he, he's about to step up and stamp his authority on the greyhound racing world and show that he is an absolute rock star. Well, we looked in the uh, the crystal ball at the start of 2023, and myself, Dan Hibbard, I think even you sort of agreed, he, he's the dog that, that could take 2023 by the scrap of the neck and just dominate. And I think he will start it here. I'm with three Amron Boy, just forgetting those last two runs. And great minds, great minds, great minds. It was 3-2-1-4 for me I had Kelsey Bale ahead of She's a Pearl but that is the Tem Lee race 11 to wrap up the night at 7 past 10 I'm with Boo Boo Billy coming off that uh, bullion run last time drawn box number two very very winnable mix four and five for Boo Boo in the last uh, I'm just leaning slightly towards your hero Bale I think we'll get a better price than Boo Boo Billy um, and yeah there's not not much in between them in talent I don't think just uh, coming back to the Meadows I think your hero Bale just seems to like the Meadows a little bit better Hunters Punting Club. Well, I'm a little bit concerned that I may well have jinxed us on the Punters Punting Club because before we recorded, Smithy, I said we've been in good form with the Punters Punting Club and I know as a gambler, as a punter, you should never say that you're in good form. But, hey, let's face it, we have been going okay. I'll, I'll kick it off with your selection this week because you had 50 on Aston Velvet last week, got the job done. How do you, how do you possibly play this week's Punters Punting Club? It was really tough. I had to uh, really scour through the form book to uh, make sure I found one. I'm going to go with She's a Pearl to place $50 on her. So uh, I wanted to spend one in one. Of the, I wanted to spend it in one of the group ones, and I think She's a Pearl will lead. I think she'll get overrun as we touched on before, but I think uh, a place bet is really not my best bet. Mm, yeah, look, I'm in good form. Got the last two. I think the week before I sat out and banked 50, so I'm slowly building the bank just nicely, but. I almost want to bank 50, not because it's not a wonderful night of racing, but because it is such a, a, a nice night of racing. And look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have 30 a place on race one, number one, wartime novelty. I think it can just fill a hole, hopefully from box number one. And then I'm going to have a sneaky little 10 bucks each way on race three, number two, Joliet Bale. Mark, $16 in the form guide. It's been beginning well without a great deal of luck and, and sort of mixed it with Action Girl for memory in those 500-metre races where they were just running hectic early sections. So they're my two punters punting club, Smithy. But I'm um, looking forward to Saturday, mate. Will you be lurking around there, the, the City Views Bistro somewhere on Saturday night? I certainly will be, mate. I'll be uh, lurking around pretending to do work. But no, I actually will be working because uh, one of the busiest nights of the year, but it'll be plenty of fun. So if anyone's uh, tuning in and want to come say g'day, come and annoy me for sure. That's unmissable, isn't it? Uh, just quickly as I let you go, mate, um, it's kids' night out. Is that the, probably the best way to put it for this uh, this first sort of uh, Saturday night of the, the Australian Cup Carnival? It is. It's kids' night. Uh, we've still got some dining packages available upstairs. Ninety dollars for a three-course meal, and uh, you also get beer, wine, and spirits included in that. So great price for that. But if you've got the kids, bring them along. There's plenty of uh, jumping castles and inflatables and all that sort of stuff. Cali Sports will be doing some activities. So plenty on. Inside info. Well, a little bit of a different version of Inside Info this time. A very special guest, first time on the podcast, and she is the founder 
and a host of the Greyhound Racing podcast by the name of Greyhound Girl. She has the social media. She loves to promote Greyhound Racing. I speak of Dimity Mara, much love Greyhound participant, and she's been good enough to join us on the Green Line on podcast. Dim, you're on the other side of the fence this time. How are you? I know. It's uh, it's a bit nerve-wracking, actually. I'm usually not nervous when I interview people myself, but when people say, oh, can I interview you, I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably, it's probably a good thing we uh, we throw you on the other side of the fence. It was a little bit uh, similar when I was once on, on your podcast, but uh, to get to know you for the, the people on this podcast that listen that, that obviously haven't heard of the Greyhound Girl podcast, I'm not sure where they've been if they haven't heard of it because I'm a... <laughs> I'm a very big fan myself, but uh, for you, where Thank did the you. love of greyhound racing begin and where did it come from? Oh, look, it's been a, in our family for generations. Um, dad, grandfathers, uncles um, all had dogs, bred them, uh, trained them, etc. And, yeah, I live a stone's throw away from what used to be my local track here in uh, Singleton up in the Hunter Valley and spent most of my childhood years um, over there learning as much as I could and I'm an only child and Dad said, well, it's up to you to, to keep going with it. He said, you've pretty much got no option, but, you know, it, it didn't take very long for me to fall in love with it. And, um, yeah, I think that love's only getting stronger sort of as I get older. You've, you've obviously gone now to, a, I guess, a path of being a, a real promoter for the sport. What was it that sort of drove you in, in that direction? Obviously, you've owned a few greyhounds over the time, but you, you've really taken aboard that, that role to, to promote greyhound racing, especially in New South Wales. Yeah, I always thought I'd end up being a, a trainer or a handler or something like that, but it wasn't until I sort of dabbled into a few sort of social media gigs for local tracks around here, did a bit of journalism and that as well, and it wasn't until I sort of started doing that, I thought, oh, gee, this is um, this is a lot of fun, and, you know, I had a couple of uh, personal issues over the last couple of years. People would, um, you know, that follow me, obviously, on social media know that I've got Crohn's disease, and um, it can be pretty debilitating at times, and honestly, if I didn't have Greyhound Racing, I probably would not be sort of heading towards remission again like I am and you know it's just been uh it's been a godsend basically being able to promote and I never thought it would be where it was like I'm nearly two years into you know what I call my journey when I started like my social media platforms and the podcast and yeah I just I'm amazed by the response the support's been phenomenal I can't you know thank everybody enough and yeah I sort of think geez I've got to keep uh, setting the bar high now because you know I, I I don't want to sort of drop off the radar and I'm always trying to think of new things to come up with but I don't think people realise I actually um, have a couple of other jobs so I sort of the greyhounds are, are a night thing and weekend thing but uh, yeah I wouldn't be doing anything else and like I said the response has just been phenomenal so I'll just keep going with it you know like you we want that positive uh, we want that positivity out there there's you know plenty of um, negative things that get said especially in mainstream media so I think if we can push the positive stories out there it's only going to be better for everyone and I think as well Dim like you say it's it's about getting that positive out there but it's almost about just showing you know how greyhounds are trained how well they're looked after to the the, the mainstream public who who don't don't get that opportunity I, I remember years ago i took somebody to the greyhounds for the first time and they came to sandown park and they could not believe that even just the setup of the facility like they they were expecting it to be like a local football ground you know with a little tin shed they turned up to sandown <laughs> and were just blown away like I, I don't think people from the outside really understand how professional the sport actually is 
Oh, definitely. And that's why I love putting together sort of like the videos I did at Gosford the other night, like the behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, seeing trainers, you know, cuddling their dogs, kissing them before the races and everything like that. You know, obviously people just see the race on TV. They don't really, unless they go to the track, don't get to see much else. So um, I get such a massive buzz out of that, you know, standing behind the boxes, you know, seeing people celebrate and and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, I think uh, the more of it we can do, the better. What's the, the dream for you? Like, obviously, time-wise, you were saying that you, you're working a couple of jobs as well as doing what you're doing. Like, I keep an eye on the Greyhound Girl socials, and, and it seems like you're always working in, in one way or another. Is, <laughs> is it a dream long-term, Tim, to, to have a crack and, and, and obviously try and get to a stage where you could potentially, you know, be a full-time promoter for the sport? Obviously, you need the, the financial reward to be able to do that, but would that be, a, you know, something that you look at down the track? Yeah, definitely. Like I've sort of been approached, um, you know, to have a couple of opportunities to do it. But um, again, it's sort of like my outlet. And I sort of think to myself, if I made it my full-time thing where I was doing it 24-7, I know it probably seems like I do it 24-7 now anyway, but... (laughs) If it became if it became my reliant income, would I enjoy it as much as what I do now? The fact that it's sort of, like I said, an outlet for outside of work. So I'm not sure. It's something I would obviously have to weigh up. But, you know, like you said, I, I pretty make, much make next to nothing with what I do. And that's not why I do it. I do it because of the fact that, you know, I've helped so many people. And that's something that, um, you know, I'm really proud of. Who's Who's been the, the most interesting person that you've had on your podcast over the time? Uh, well, Glenn Rounds dropped the F-bomb for the first Did time on really? my podcast the other day. <laughs> I was, uh, I'm sitting here just clapping silently as he was doing it. I'm like, that's phenomenal. Like, I would have never expected it. Um, but, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, it was so good. Oh, look, I, I think I looked up the other day. I've done over 200 episodes and I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, you know, I need to... <laughs> I need to get out a bit more, but, oh, geez, if I could narrow it down to one and look, I'd have to say his name or he'll probably kick me out of the house. I'd have to say the one I did with my dad. We did it last year after I sort of did like a, uh, a Q&A and asked people to vote for you know, their star of the year, trainer of the year and all the rest of it. Dad jumped on with me. It's definitely not his thing talking. I don't know where I got my ability to, to ramble on from, but it definitely wasn't dad. But he was good enough to jump on with me and talk about the old days, you know, where he met uh, old Blacktop and that. Um, you know, when he was at Starden, yeah, I'd have to say dad because, you know, he's taught me everything I know about dogs and, um, yeah, no, I know he got a kick out of it. He doesn't mind the limelight now. He enjoys it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's brilliant to hear. Hey, uh, what's the – before we, I guess, move on to chatting about the three group ones in Melbourne Saturday night and, and that, that local New South Wales touch for you – what, what would have been the, the greatest Graham that you've seen up until this point in time? There's been some absolute superstars in the last 10 to 20 years. Is there one that, that stands out a little bit above the rest? Oh, for me, it's Brett Lee. He's the first greyhound I fell in love with. Um, I think he, I was about 13 years old when he won the Easter egg. Balled my eyes out that night because it was actually on my birthday. So I, I just remember at the time, and, you know, social media wasn't around back then, so I can only imagine what, you know, his presence would have been like now if, um, you know, he was racing today. But I've never seen a dog, you know, captivate a sport. Or, and, you know, just people in my town were just wanting to talk about him. You'd walk past and see the, you know, the newspaper clippings out the front of the news agency and you'd just be like, like, wow, this is a greyhound. Like, people are talking about a greyhound. It's usually always, you know, the horses and that sort of thing. But the way he captivated the sport and, you know, you'd see people, I remember distinctly, I think it was at Warrigal, he won the race by the length of the straight and there was people running up to him in the catching pen 
trying to get a part of him and, you know, just trying to get a glimpse of him because that's what he did for the sport. He's still my favourite greyhound to this day and, you know, I think it would take something phenomenal to eclipse it. But just what he did for me when I was growing up, um, yeah, I'll just I'll never forget it. I just love him dearly. He's an absolute superstar. Speaking of superstars, the Meadows, Saturday night, three group ones. Uh, there's a really strong, I think, interstate contingent, we'll call them down here, or for you it would be a local contingent heading down to Melbourne. Uh, that, that I think could play a very, very big part in the big races, um, in all three big races. We'll start with the big one, the Tem Lee. Um, you love Wow She's Fast. Before we get to She's a Pearl, <laughs> Wow She's Fast is a favourite of yours. And Cal and Jackie Green have been kind enough to donate you some goods, uh, a bit of merch over the time, Dim. Oh, honestly, mum said to me, I wish I had the camera the day you opened the, the rug from the shootout when you opened it. She said, you come running out to me crying. She said, I thought something was wrong with you. I didn't know what was going on. She said, oh, I was going <laughs> to ring an ambulance. I was just so emotional and overwhelmed. I couldn't believe it when I opened it up. And, yeah, I couldn't thank Jackie and Kelly. And obviously the, the owner, Greek's brought enough. I, I mean, it's just I think it's my prized possession now. Like, no offence to my cats or anything, but it, uh, it's number one for me now, that rug. And, yeah, to have something like that of hers. And, and then she went on, obviously, to win the Phoenix again was, yeah, just phenomenal. I, I, I'm not sure, you know, what it is that, uh, you know, I'm so captivated by her. Like, obviously, I have a great relationship with with Jackie and Kel. And, but I, I don't know. She's just captivated me from day one. And, you know, I'm nervous already and we're still a few days out so who knows what i'll be like saturday i'll be a mess probably <laughs> who do you who do you side with uh, she's a pearl or, or wow she's fast did they go head to head in the Lee a bit like the phoenix look i have to go with shani wow she's yeah. fast like she's she's been my favorite like i said from day one and you know she's just brought me so much joy i cheer for a lot she's my own dog and like i said i get so nervous before the race and jackie goes you get more nervous before but more than i do and i said i know i said i'm a wreck i can hardly look at the tv i i don't know but um yeah I, you know as bad as it sounds like i absolutely love she's a pearl and you know and the lords and paul mills that handles her but yeah, Shani's, Shani's my favourite, so I have to stick with her. <laughs> I'm sitting here, Dim, just trying to work out the numbers um, of the, the prize money that these two girls have earned. Wow, she's fast and she's a pearl. And it's so big that it's actually hard to calculate. Um, I think if they run first <laughs> and second, they crack $4 million combined in prize money. Like that That in itself, I could see why you would be captivated by a dog that, that has been able to do that, let alone have wow, she's fast, she's a pearl at the same time effectively going to, to, to race to win $4 million between two greyhounds. It's just, it's it's out of this world is what it is. Oh, it's phenomenal. I still remember Jackie after the Phoenix going, oh, that's just stupid money what she's won. Like, and I'm like, yeah, she's spot on because, you know, it's probably a cliche, but we all say it like, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we would have never even dreamt that a dog would crack a million. And here we are going, oh, yeah, they're cracking 2 million now, maybe mm. 3 million next. And yeah, it's it's just so good. And the fact that, you know, these two girls um, have wanted to get so many people involved now, I think all the better. Even though the heart goes with where she's fast, is it the brain as well? Who do you who do you think will win the Tim Lee? Oh, look, yeah, it's hard for me to separate at times. Look, I, I think she can. She obviously, you know, will have to begin. She loves the Meadows, which is great. But, you know, again, I think Emron Boy's the smoky. Mm. Like, he's back down there where he belongs. You know, he's got a good draw for a change, which I'm, you know, sure Brooke and Jamie are, are wrapped about. But, you know, if Pearl can obviously, you know, come out and sort of cut him off, you know, I'd expect her to be punching up for the lead at the first turn. Um, but then you've got a dog like Fernando Mick out wide, who, you know, I thought he had, like most of us, had the Mel 
Melbourne Cup in the bag, um, you know, till obviously Yachi had a, a different story in mind. But, um, yeah, I think Emron Boy's still the smoky, um, going back to, to where he likes. But uh, realistically, if I think uh, if I think Emron Boy gets into a bit of trouble, I think if it's she's a pearl up front and Shani's right on a hammer, I think Shani, oh, sorry, wow, she's fast, um, you know, probably can repeat the Phoenix and run her down again. Well, I'm just, I'm just hoping it's not uh, she's a pearl and wow, she's fast head and head down the back because I went with the two queens of greyhound racing once before and I probably can't use it again. But uh, <laughs> they will they will put on a show, that's for sure. What about the rookie rebel, French Martini in box one? I've got no doubt Pete Lagogiani would be a, a good friend of yours racing up there around, uh, around Newcastle on a regular basis. And then this greyhound from box eight, Punter's Bandit, who I think has actually drawn pretty well out there. And, and for memory... Uh, stormed home to win the uh, the Gosford Cup just recently. Was that the race she she got home to win, Punters Bandit? Yeah, yeah, the the yeah. new six hundred at, uh, at Gosford. Right. I was actually at the boxes um, doing a bit of video, and then when they went past me, you know, I was just looking at the two leaders, and then I heard the guy say, "Oh yeah, Punters Bandit," and I was like, "She was nowhere near them." I mean, it was just an enormous run, and you know, I think she's become one of the most consistent chasers up here for sure. Like. You know, to win the Gosford Cup over five fifteen, then to step up, you know, to the six oh three and and do what she did. Um, you know, I, I think eight will suit her. I don't think that's a drama. I'm you know pretty confident she can go from any box. But um, you know, there were a lot of people having question marks over French Martini's you know debut over the middle distance last week. I was there sort of as they swing around that turn for the first time, and you know. No, obviously not saying anything against her, but I think she may have lost a tiny bit of that early zip. And now the fact that, you know, she's got that strength on her side, um, you know, she's good enough to, I think, to jump and lead. And, you know, she can possibly go all the way too. So, um, yeah, I think the New South Wales chasers are, are right in this. Mm. I tell you what, I, I did the form and I tipped El Dorado, but the more I look into this and the more I speak to people, French Martini, you go off that run at Gosford, She's gone 34-33, 888 early. I go down to Punters Bandit, who won the 600, which was the feature, 945 early. Uh, that's over half a second behind and only went 34-72. Yep. Obviously, different types of races. But, oh, look, I, I'm really starting to lean to French Martini. Is that, is that who you're tipping, the, the, the girl on the rise to 600 metres? Yeah, look, the only question mark for me is is whether she – I'm not sure if she handles the travel because obviously we saw her down in Victoria and, you know, she probably, you know, didn't go as well as what I'd hoped she would have. So, you know, I'd expect her to finish top three if she begins well, but – Again, I think Punners Bandit might be the smoky. She just seems very versatile, you know, obviously, you know, travelling up to Gosford from where the Lord's Kennel is is a fair hike, so I don't think the travel um, will worry her. And, yeah, I think she can be a bit of a smoky as well, but, you know, Martini obviously, you know, will have to jump to lead. Otherwise, you know, I, I don't think she'll be able to come from behind, unlike punters who I think can. I tell you what, these uh, New South Welsh women and ladies and men and everything else, they're coming down to Melbourne and they're just dominating at the moment because <laughs> I have I have a bit of a look here. And I, I don't recall an interstate trainer coming down with a runner that's a genuine chance in the Zoom top, the Rookie Rebel and the Tem Lee. I speak of Jody and Andy Lord, obviously. And Corborn Magic goes around in the uh, the Zoom top from box number one. I, I've tipped him on top. I think he's the superior stayer. Um, he's got a great record from box number one. There is not a lot of speed in the race. And, and you'd know this boy pretty well. He's, he's raced everywhere in New South Wales. And to me, it seems like, he can begin time to time, but he just keeps whacking away. And I think from box one, he's going to be right in the thick of it here in the Zoom top. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, obviously, the travel's no issue for him. Like you said, he, he's been here, there and everywhere, just as consistent as they come. And, yeah, box one, perfect. 
uh, yeah, I, I honestly can't remember, you know, two trainers, Jodie and Andy, having a, a run like they are. I mean, you know, you just would back their dogs and that's what I've been doing and it's been great. <laughs> like I've been online shopping like there's no tomorrow. So I think it's a, I think it's a pretty safe bet, um, you know, for, for Corborn Magic. And, um, you know, I wouldn't worry about the, the third place the other week. You know, he'll bounce back from that. And like you said, you know, the early speed's not um, not overly concerning. So I think he should get himself into a nice position and, um, yeah, just be, uh, just be rolling along like he does. Well, good on you, Dim. Good luck with everything moving forward with the podcast, with the social media, and, and likewise uh, promoting the great sport that is Greyhound Racing. We appreciate, and I think I can speak on behalf of all the participants, saying that uh, we, we appreciate everything you do for Greyhound Racing, in particular up there in New South Wales. So keep doing what you're doing. Good luck, and, and good luck with that online shopping as well. Hopefully a few more winners <laughs> for Team Lord. <laughs> no worries. Thank you so much for having me. And that's all now for this episode of the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, Looking forward to calling the three big ones at the Meadows Saturday night. Doesn't get any bigger and better than the rookie rebel, the Zoom Top, and that Tim Lee. That is going to be one that goes down in the history books as one of the great races. Do not miss it. Good luck. Safe travelling. Big thanks to Corey Smith. A big thanks to Dimity Ma as well. Until next time, safe travelling. Happy punning.